I'm Karen Ruth. Hi, I'm Joyce Arlene. Hi, I'm Sam Dyer. And we welcome you to Off Off Our Racks, an ongoing conversation of life, age, journeys, boobs, or lack of them, food, style, making things, books, building dreams, culture, and faith as we get things out of our closets and off our chest. Enjoy the show. Why would going out and doing that make you feel better? It's science. As in? Uh, isn't it like if you put your feet on the ground for like 10 minutes a day, it's supposed to like help your mental health and stuff? Is that called so. grounding? Yeah, it's a whole thing. Yeah, in the sense of Hey, grounding. be glad I wasn't forest bathing. That's true. <laughs> you would have been very cold if you'd been out there for <laughs> Especially cold. with how it's been recently. <laughs> yeah. It would have been very cold and there might have been a line on both sides of the fences. <laughs> Either that or things running the opposite way. You know, there were deer in the backyard this morning. They would not. She's have approved. too pale. Yeah, they would not have approved. That's true. Um, well, they're running around. Well, sort of naked. They are not naked. The deer had kind their clothes are. on when I saw them this morning. <laughs> as long as they're not wearing other people's clothes, they're fine. <laughs> their skin was on their kid. Yes, so it's all there. They look. Well, good. my skin's on too. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> But also, my habit is on. Hmm. And what's your habit? Well, I'm inhabiting my clothes. Okay. We're back to the inhabiting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I um a lot when I'm sitting talking because I think in between my ums. So I'm going to just kind of start talking and we can figure out what where he needs and he can figure out where he needs to kind of grab yeah. stuff and where you want to get involved with with this but I was kind of going back to why we originally thought it would be funny to do something like this and I think part of it was talking about like our age differences mm-hmm. um, and the fact of um, just when we met things that were common things that kind of grew from like being like what I would have seen you know, a, a young teenager watching or, or being influenced by things I was working on, either whether it was art or in my office or helping people, um, even including ministry, to the point that it starts turning into me looking at you and saying, you know, you're, you're starting to become a young adult. Right. We need to look at this as adult friendship. But there's really funny things that have happened in between there. And I think those are the things that even now, I mean, some of the conversations that happen around this house are still pretty funny. Yeah. Um, and so I think that was, I think that was where we first thought it would just kind of be fun to talk about that extreme difference of, of backgrounds and age and things that we looked at, things that are weird that show up that are commonalities yeah. and stuff like that. And I think because we always had these and still have these long rambling conversations that tend to kind of circle back to whatever we were talking about in the first place and kind of wander a lot of different places in between, I think. Yeah. Um, was one of the things. Yeah. So if we were just going to start, what do you want to talk about? I don't know. What do you want to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> and thus goes the day on a lot of days. <laughs> You start with one end, you go to the next end. Like, I don't know. Hey, what do you want to do? And I'm here just to be the guy perspective also. <laughs> age differences. It is, it is 
I do find how many years that. is it exactly between us? I hold on. We're, we're just well, gonna no. do this on I a calculator. It is forty one. Is it? Yeah. If you're sixty six. Uh, uh, am I allowed to say? Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm <laughs> if, 66. If you're 66 and I'm 25. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm 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 proud I'm 66. I mean, one of the things that had influenced me was right around in my early 20s having gone through um the type of accident I went through of you know, walking and getting hit by a car. Um but things that they'd already told me was like, you know, you're, you're not going to walk. You're not going to do this. Um, so by the time I made it 25, I you know thought I was successful. And so being this age now, I figure, hey, I've earned every single year, uh, especially the last few years. And I think those are things that we will probably cover and talk about, too. Like, yeah, I think it's good to talk about some of the things that we go through that sometimes are traumatic, but we can laugh about them in the midst of whether we're crying or whatever, but we can still go through them. And so all of those things are part of... Like, when you met me, I was basically in my office many times doing um, counseling with people who were going through trauma and had been through a lot of stuff. So you got used to hearing me maybe process things like that. Which, even though you were young, you were hearing that, not the people, because that was private, but different types of trauma. We would talk about it, and sometimes that, you know, led to even funnier discussions just because, once again, of age. But the age difference has been interesting in the communication style that we develop because of that. Don't they consider 40 years to be, like, a generation? I'm a generation all by myself. Oh, God. Okay. Yes. Um, So I think that's interesting, too, is, like, there's there's a full there's that full space in between that would be sort of, I don't know, like, I guess my parents' age, but but not quite, because my grandparents are a lot older than you are, so. Mm, ten, at the most. That's so many. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I yeah, mean. and I think also, you know, hearing you talk about ways to deal with, with people's trauma, but I think that I came to understand from that that there's always a way to work through it. Um, I don't think it caused me to sort of be depressed by hearing about it. I think it gave me a lot of tools and answers that I was able to apply to my own life. Hmm, okay. Um, I think just hearing so many different approaches and angles that would have been spiritual as well as mental and and psychological and emotional put a lot of tools in my toolbox at a much younger age than a lot of people would have had access to them. That's true. And I had a unique background because of, um, you know, several generations of family who actually were pastoral, including the women. And so it was interesting growing up with a lot of those tools in a toolbox and being willing to use them for myself even when I was younger and when I'm referring to tools in my toolbox I'm actually not talking about a physical hammer I'm talking about things that I've learned to use like whether it's emotional whether it's talking whether it's crying whether it's out pulling weeds you know or if you want to go back to the you can go forest bathing or whatever you want to do up there <laughs> um all of those things I think one of the funny parts is when I first met you I remember basically just kind of taking a glance and 
um, I was entertained at the combination of maybe the style that you kind of were representing, and yet it would be kind of a back and forth. And so I'm someone who's in, at the point of our meeting, in a leadership situation. Right. And one of the things that I dearly love and value and use at all times for expression is art, and all types of art. I mean, I just, I think creativity um, is one of the big things that connects me to the creator. And when I think of God, I think of creator God, because it's the first place that, you know, in the beginning, God created. So I, I just, there's this whole connection and one of my big ones at that point was I was playing with clay a lot you would see me working on that but using that as an expression even of worship and so when I meet you you're someone you know we actually meet in that type of a setting where um, I'm in leadership I'm doing things and you come in as one of the the youth but it's it's funny because I am just being me and I'm just aware that there's different kids coming in that are kind of, you know, seeing something, a different way to express, um, rather than just walking in somewhere and sitting down either with, you know, him or having to be quiet. And so we kind of meet in something that's kind of a new area of exploration regarding um, maybe, you know, going to church, doing things like that. So we have this interesting thing that kind of connects with really different expectations because of that. So that's our initial meeting right. is actually very formal. And right. I'm I'm doing my thing of being formal and saying, hi, come be part of this, da-da-da-da. Yeah. But what were you seeing at that point? Because like, like I said, I'm kind of looking at, you kind of come in and I see you dressed one way, then I see you dressed another way. And one of the ways um, to me was, Somewhat old-fashioned. I'll just, mm-hmm. you know, say it that yeah. way. And, yeah, you know, I mean. And then there was a couple of times where you were like, okay, uh, I'm not sure whose clothes you got into, but I don't think those are yours. And so <laughs> that didn't always work. But you were still part of just a general group that I was seeing. Yeah. But that's not what you were seeing from your side. And that's kind of what right. made us push through. I think, I mean, I was in a situation that was unfamiliar and... um. I think we've I think we've established that you know parts of my personalities are very resistant to change um and and that's something I've done a lot of work on over the years but um you know I was in an unfamiliar environment that I didn't necessarily want to be in right um and I was kind of pretty resistant to the idea of even meeting or or connecting to people there um but it it was your style of dressing and jewelry and even hair at that point um I think it had a turquoise streak in it at the point I met you uh but um it was it was that that convinced me you know maybe this person is different from the kind of person I've encountered in these types of settings um and I think that I saw something that I wanted to look like or or to be um or at least some some kind of commonality that I wanted to go towards. This is one of the things that's really important in my life um, for me, and that I think is important to share with all people. Um, and I hope I share this even even with you, Sam. Is um, I really believe in freedom and in being who I'm supposed to be. Um, and so, you know, it's funny because this part of this kind of sounds serious, but it is kind of trying to beat out like we kind of had this weird starting point that then one of the things that would show up in it was the humor. 
um, because I believe <laughs> in, you know, laughter. I believe in um, everyone makes oopses, let's get back up and, you know, keep going. But it was this really funny place to be, which was like, you know, to a certain point, if you're doing art up in front, there's a certain part of that that's almost like performance art, which yeah. is really funny because I come from, you know, way, way back, there is that point where I'm, I'm doing art and I'm doing theater, I'm doing all of that. And, and this is just finding a different place to express, but express even my spiritual awareness by doing, you know, something like that, but also kind of feeling like you're up there in front, everyone's watching you. Yeah, I think my hair might have had the turquoise streak. I'd had violet and teal, and it actually looked like a mellard duck. Had the there's a full peacock feather that went up the one side of my my head, and it was short and it was that. And I had not dyed my hair in younger years. A lot of people always thought that I was dyeing my hair. My hair changes kind of seasonally. I don't know. It used to be you know, like. I get a winter coat, I get a spring coat. <laughs> now I'm just stuck in something. But um, yeah, so it was pretty funny being up there and doing that and, and being aware that people are watching you and you're trying to ignore them because you're trying to engage and find your own space. But it was kind of a back and forth. And somehow we get from that to me finding out that um, you have been homeschooled and I'm actually very comfortable with the homeschool movement. I don't have a negative uh, opinion of it. I think there's good and bad to all styles of education. You kind of have to find what works. But one of the things I became really aware of was that um, there wasn't some of the social things as far as connecting. And so yeah. kind of made an agreement that we would start to go out and do things um, that would help you grow in social awareness. And we did that with several of us going out together um, so that you could, with the permission of your parents, begin to get comfortable with um, going out and ordering, doing things, going out to dinner, doing stuff like that. Because one of the downsides sometimes that I have seen happen and I homeschooled, but the type of homeschooling that I did, there was a lot of outside activity and other sources. My, my style was very different, um, and I did not do it all the way through either. And so we started going out just to kind of start talking, and we'd have a car full of all of us together. And, you know, I loved, I've taught kids for years. I love just hanging and the energy that comes from that and everything that kind of makes me laugh. And the other thing is I'm still, you know, I'm Peter Pan. I won't grow up. I refuse to. Um, a lot of people thought it was more Tinkerbell. It's like, no, I've always been Peter Pan, and I won't grow up, and I don't want to grow up now. I believe in maturing. I don't believe in growing up. There's a difference for me in my brain. And I remember sharing that, that I won't mm -hmm. grow up. Um, and then we started doing things. So, and I, and I think that gave me a lot of hope because I was really at a point of feeling a lot of pressure, you know, both primarily from my parents probably, but I can also see looking back how much pressure I was putting on myself mm -hmm. um, to, to know what I was going to do for the rest of my life and to have it be oh, no. sort of, you I know... I still don't know. <laughs> to have it be sort of, you know, my occupation, my work, everything sort of was tied up for me in this concept of like, 
you know, my my calling or my destiny or, you know. Do you know what you, know. you want to be when you grow up? I don't know what I want to oh, be. Oh, thanks. I am so glad. I don't know what I want to be. I'm trying to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, because I still don't know. If I find out, I'll tell you, though. Oh, okay. okay Thank I'm you. I'm still working on that. I okay. think I know, and then it just disappears. Oh, okay. I'm just like, oh, no, that wasn't it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was a little worried yeah. there, because I'm supposed to know what I'm going to be when I grow up. <laughs> a world of hurt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I don't know. I was, I, I was just feeling a lot of pressure around that, and I think it gave me hope that maybe I didn't have to know right away. Um, and that maybe I didn't ever have to really know. <laughs> um, I think it's okay to actually maybe have several careers in a lifetime. I, I don't think it's worth being stuck or having multiple streams of, of one style. And, I think and that's, maybe that's the artistic side of me that's speaking. But I think there's a lot that we ignore, you know, that we get caught in. I think that's probably how, how I see things more now. And it's funny because that's how I saw things when I was a child. You know, I think I have a paper somewhere where I had typed out very carefully in very large font on the computer. Um, Such you a know, serious child. I, I had typed out what I wanted, you know, to do in life. And it included several things. Uh, it included, I think, being a costume designer, uh, being a horse breeder, um being married and having four children um and also uh being somehow working for either the fbi or the cia um and because i always wanted to be a spy when i was little um and i was planning to do all of these things simultaneously <laughs> in some capacity well you could wear a um, costume put the kids on the horse and find out things for the cia i think at that point the cia would want to know what i was doing <laughs> um but you know i i think like i saw things like that for a period of my life and then i sort of am feeling this pressure and i think now i kind of have a list of several careers that i'd like to work my way through before i get to the end of my life (laughs) um and i just you know hope that i have the time and energy to do them Hmm. So, what are those careers? Um, I think, you know, the one I'm working on right now is I'd like to start my own business in the fashion and, and styling space, but um, really helping people dress to reflect themselves um, rather than, you know, as armor or in the defensive posture that I see people... Um, use so much when they approach their closets but um i think uh <laughs> sometimes that closet comes for you man it's <laughs> I'm a true worry about that. um huh okay depending depending on your organization style it can be a little more treacherous ah. um sometimes it does attack okay um but i think you know the career that i would like to work on next after that um, I'd like to, I would like to be a mom at some point, um, but you know, haven't, haven't met anybody that, uh, seemed viable. <laughs> um, but, uh, I think, you know, at some point my, my backup career is my joke is I'll go back to school. Um, and I'm very interested in particularly cultural anthropology, um, and the ways that that discipline can be used, um, to, uh, 
go in and help people preserve a culture that is either dying with the older members of a generation or um, to recover lost parts of that. Um, and, you know, there's also the side that just wants to go and dig stuff up in a bunch of dirt, which is actually a rather different area of that whole field um, that would be more under archaeology. So uh, there's kind of a few things there that I'd like to get the chance to explore and do. But I'm cracking up because while we're talking, your cat has climbed up on the back of the chair and was standing as high as he could and checking out all of the clothes as you're talking about clothes. Now he jumped down, but he was actually going standing up and going down. The he's been getting he's been getting up on the back of the chair recently, yeah. which he never did before. So I think he's you know discovering new things. I don't ah. know. But he was going to help pick out clothes. So <laughs> I'm always asking him what I should wear, and he never talks to me. Aww. So if he would start, that'd be helpful. Well, that's because you make fun of how he talks. That's <laughs> because he goes ee ee ee. <laughs> you know, you should make fun of him. I think I have a guinea pig in cat form. <laughs> He's stuck in another mm -hmm. body. That would explain a lot of his behavior, it to could. be honest. Yes, it explain why he's so scared all the time too. Mm -hmm. Nervous little critters sometimes. Yes, extreme. So. As we started to go out and do those things and get acquainted, um, one of the things that I noticed was you actually were, you know, fairly, I would say, responsible um, for your age. Uh, and I felt comfortable letting you start to help with different things that I would need different people to help do. Which, like when you're doing a setup, like when if I'm doing an art setup, someone who knew how to, you know, bring in brushes, table, easel, all of that kind of stuff. So we kind of, kind of build around that, as far yeah. as you getting involved, and also then you starting to share some of your love of creativity. But you also went through like. Um, I think it's really easy for people from the outside, and sometimes their own families do this. Um, where instantly we get stuck with a label. Yeah. And that was one of the things was I kept seeing, and even for myself, it's like when people will look at me and say, are you an artist? I will tell you I'm a maker. Yeah. Um, I think artist is probably one of my parts, but I'm more comfortable with maker because I like to express and expand with so many different things. And so there's some points where, like, you know, we start throwing paint and, and kind of doing other things that um, we, we kind of grow through that, but also gives us opportunity to start talking and then start looking at things differently, like looking at clothes, looking at jewelry, um, you know, driving my husband nuts with some of the humor and stuff, but some of the experiments that we would try with art or different things that were going on. Um, and also letting you become acquainted and start being part of our own home life. So our son is not, um, I mean, I think shortly thereafter, he's, you know, was going to school and stuff and is, gets into his own space. And, and so we kind of get involved with like finally taking apart an old space and trying to make it more creative. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I remember, you know, your expressed intention was to turn that into kind of a shared studio space at that point. Yeah. Um, and I think 
I th- I want to go back and say, you know, I don't think I have the same relationship with the term artist because I think I've always related that more to, you know, art art is life. Art is everything right. you do. Um and so I don't really mind if people call me an artist or I don't have it doesn't that word doesn't bring the same pressure. Um I think I went through a point where uh when I graduated high school, I thought I wanted to go to art school for college. Um, And um, I still think that I would have enjoyed that, but I think that it's good that I kind of stumbled into something that had always been a theme for me that uh, I loved more if if that was possible. Um, And I I think I found the right aspect of how I wanted to express that for myself but I still very much will reach for watercolor or just a pencil or a pen just doodle um as a way of relaxing I think one of the things that happens with the term art if we're not careful is everyone instantly hands you the medium that they think makes you an artist I think I watched you go through that and that was one of the things that yeah. I looked at you and went no I play with anything and everything yeah, and um, I think I thought I had to limit it to just one medium. Right. Um, and that's a concept that was very much sort of pushed on me um, that I do to conform right. to for a while. Um, and um, in in some ways, as an adult, I've revisited a lot of things that I kind of shied away from because there was just too much pressure to make that the only thing. Um, and I think I've gone back to some of those areas and played in them more uh, now, hmm. not feeling that pressure and, and just being able to relax and create in yet another way. Yeah. Yeah. So we kind of went through all of those different things. And then you finally, you made it out of high school and you start at the JC and you kind of get involved in some ways really doing more of your own thing I'm still you know I'm I'm plugging along in my office and doing things and we see each other in those settings and we still try to catch up with each other mainly to kind of make things have a space to sew things make things I have my loom set up by then um yeah and and, I think you know we keep talking about doing stuff that we enjoy doing making da 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 da. yeah and there's definitely Um, a gap there where I kind of graduate high school I start at the JC and I also start a full-time job right away which in retrospect you know I was kind of this word pressure is coming up a Mm -hmm. lot because I really did feel pressure to take that opportunity that came up uh, which was really not suited to me in, in a lot of ways um, and also ended up being much more of a time commitment than I really needed or wanted while starting to attend school. Right. Um, and I don't think I want to say any more about that. Yeah. Um, but that kind of, you know, I came out of high school and, and something in my brain said, you know, you have to do this by yourself. Like right. now you have to become an adult. And what that means to me is I don't get to ask people for help. I just have to figure this all out on my own and I have to be in uncomfortable and and difficult situations and just put up with them rather than asking for help or realizing that maybe I don't need to be putting myself in that situation. Um, Which starts to bring up points where you're just like, 
really totally, you know, annoying me. And I let you know that, like, you don't have to do that. And you know better than that. I mean, it's kind of da, 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 da. Um, my own way of like, you know, both talking about it, confronting it, sometimes encouraging, but saying, you know, what's going on? Who, you know, where is all of this? Um, that you're not, you know, you're, you're not bonded to me, you're not stuck with me kind of thing. But there's, there's more to you than this. And I think that's one of the things was you're better than this. Um, and in the midst of that, it's during that point that I start looking at you and saying, I want us to be, you know, we can actually be friends. This is not you having to come, you know, see me because there's a problem. There's, there's none of that. There's this point where we can actually be friends. I'm friends with your family. I'm friends with your siblings. Um, you're friends with my family. Um, we can, you know, be working on things. We can be having fun to do some yeah. of these things together. And we start looking for things that are going to help both lessen some of the pressure um, and try to figure out what your style of creativity is, which ends up, and, and the reason I'm saying that is because when someone's multi-talented and you have all different ideas, sometimes trying to get them out gets very funny, such as when you were doing the string thing, and I think you know, I did everything from putting on my head to whatever else, and said, you know, make great baby caps. Um, we're looking at baskets. I mean, you're looking because we would go out and look and see what was going on in boutiques, what was around there. Because both you and I have the ability to go somewhere, look at stuff that's being made, and come back and copy it and make it the way we want to. We can come back and say, okay, we're going to do a different style on this. Yeah. And so. And I think that's very much, you know, there's a book floating around out there called Steal Like an Artist. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm going to forget the name of the author. Um, but, you know, I think a lot of creativity is a concept of, of being inspired by somebody else's idea and then making it your own. And I think that's something that a lot of people, you know, if you're not in that process, you're going to say, oh, well, that's plagiarism or you're stealing or any of these things. But usually by the time you get done with it, it's changed so much from the thing right. that you saw that inspired you to make that thing. Right. That right. it really is inspiration. And, and the thing you end up making may not even really resemble the thing that you saw at all. Right. Um, and I think that's something that's just important to bring out. Yeah. So I, I have a question uh, for you, Sam. Um, so are there like patented moves in sports moves that other people aren't supposed to use? Does that go into that like with how artists are like, this is my style, don't copy it? Are they like, how does no, that work? It's more of like a signature move of like, yeah. hey, you, you did that move. And if you're like the first one to do it, or if you do the move so many times, mm -hmm. then someone practically just gives it to you. Like okay. in the NBA, Euro step kind of is like James Harden's thing right. or try and do a step back like okay. there's certain moves that players will do that's just like oh that's their signature move it's not like a patent thing mm -hmm. of you can't do that yeah okay yeah like i said i know this sounds more serious but i think we're trying to kind of flesh out our our own starting point of how we got to um <laughs> where we are now <laughs> where we are now that's a strange journey it's so, a very strange yeah. journey and it's we, a long one. It's you a know. very long I found a piece of paper one. the other day that would have been one of the first conferences that I went <laughs> with you uh, to speak at. And it's also the one where I met some of your extended family as well, yeah. um, whom I'm now very close friends with. And I think that was funny. You know, I yeah. sent a message to mm -hmm. your niece and nephew and was yeah. kind of like, you know, do you realize it's been 
over 10 years. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, and do you realize we've known each other this long and so many yeah. strange and funny things have happened and periods of not really being in communication, but uh, yeah, yeah, funny stuff. And taking you with me for the very thing we we're talking about, we were invited to be part of an all-day conference um, that, amongst other things, was really speaking into people's lives that was dealing with, even at that point, um, uh, fighting against sex trafficking. Um, and also, there was ministry times, but there was a lot of art. There was a big thing, and it was yeah. really around art. So there was jewelry makers there. There were you know artists who were painting. There were some who were doing fashion stuff. Um, and helping people find their identity. So there, there is this really humorous, and, and I remember, you know, like for me, my clothes have always been almost more entertainment. My clothes at that point, and, it's, and we're kind of talking about this because we're, we've been on a journey, as she referred to, that, that will start being clearer as we move along here. But my, some of my clothes went back, like even not only did I have extreme vintage, um, going all the way back to the early 1900s that I could still wear, but I had my mother's clothes. I had clothes from everywhere I've traveled in different countries and stuff. And I loved art pieces. I liked things that were very much one of a kind. Along with that, I had always been able to make my own clothes. And I also had tailored and made clothes for the people. A lot of them were strictly designer styles, hand-painted pieces. And so it was really funny because I could watch you want to do some of that. And then you get caught in... Um, how am I supposed to look or like a traditional thing would hit you and it was funny because it was like I'm walking out and I would see you you know have gone very um, maybe more a traditional style and you'd be walking in helping carry some of my art stuff and you know we're all of us have our arms full but trying to get you to that point where you could actually express some of that knowing you were younger at that point but still trying to say who are you what do you want that to look like and I think that's really true. I think clothes are one of our voices. Um, yeah. And I think they're really a language. Yeah, very much so. And I think that's one of the things that, you know, we laugh and talk about a lot is looking at, like, how's that work? How's that feel? Um, and so there's this whole thing. I have this crazy wardrobe of years and years and years and years. And there's no way we can share any of these clothes due to the fact that, you know, on, on a good day I reach five foot five. Um, I wear a size six and a half, seven shoe. And I am overweight at this point. Um, but not only that, and one of the first things that you found out about me was I had been through a bilateral mastectomy um, when I was 43. So, you know, I've already lived yeah. this whole life of a whole different body change and learning how to play with that, making it work. I also have a collection of jewelry that covers a whole wall. I mean, most people did not know I had vintage jewelry, I had collectible jewelry, I had crazy jewelry. Um, I have things that go along with when I was involved teaching and doing everything from historic stuff. So I have all of this and you know, you look at it, you make comments, but the reason you couldn't wear anything except maybe my jewelry is you are how tall? <laughs> um, I'm five foot ten in my bare feet. Uh, I came by it honestly. My father is very tall on uh, my mother's probably average height, but uh, yeah, I, I didn't do anything to become this tall. Yeah. Um, and what size shoes? Uh, usually between a nine and a half and a ten, depending on width. <laughs> 
Um, so we used to joke that I could, you know, maybe cut off all my toes and about half my foot and possibly fit into her shoes. But. And so we couldn't do that, but we could talk and we could play with different ideas. So yeah. what it would look like. The funny part is for my height, I actually have long legs. Yeah. And there's a point in my life that I had modeled and have, you know, these different clothes, these different shoes. But because of it, the style of pant I would wear, there's a point that you can actually wear some of those size. So there there yeah. are some, some things yeah, like that. Yeah, we did. We yeah. passed a couple of pairs of pants yeah. and some skirts back and yeah. forth, as we I did remember. That. We kind of talked about that. Um, but we had all of those things. I also, I'm a, you know, I love books. I'm a bibliolic. Um, you happen to share that. Um <laughs> And so we have a lot of these different things that we're sharing. Um, and your sisters are part of that. All of us have different things that we enjoy. Um, I have very wide variety of music I enjoy. Um, that was part of talking and sharing pop culture with you because pop culture was not something you had had growing up. No, so I'm always no. pulling things like either cartoons or old shows. or, And we came up with a really good one. Our, our favorite show to help with stress, of course, was Mr. Ed, um, which, you know, a horse is a horse, of course, of course. But if um, all of those things are going on and we are finally successfully, I had gotten my loom up to really full speed. I had a stack of things that were made uh, ready for sale. You had been working on things and you were doing all sorts of fun, kind of really different, creative, like trying different designs, trying to come up with yeah, different structures. And I, was, and I was starting to work with some upcycling things. I was starting right. to work with some recycled materials. Um, I was doing a lot of experimenting, but I was having a lot of fun and uh, I was reaching for something that I, I couldn't see clearly, but I knew that if I could keep going with it i would i would be able to sort of lay hold of something that i could really manifest into more yeah and one of my heart's desires is always if i see either someone who is uh, a young creative um or even old creative but to be able to say go after it do what you want to do in your heart i mean you may have a, a day job for the time being but if you want to create something else do that so we're trying to create that concept or trying to uh, make places for that to happen for different people. Um, and the night of October the 9th, 2017, hits us here in Sonoma County. Um, well, and the Tubbs Fire, and what is also known as the Nuns Canyon Fire, takes place. And everything that we'd been working towards, you were actually at your parents' home, you're still living there, and you'd called and checked, and we were like, no, we're okay, we couldn't get any other information. And as the evening takes place and we get into the next morning, actually our neighbor comes and saves us, getting us out of the house, and we run and we leave everything. Um, my husband had thought, you know, we're just gonna leave and come back. I remember looking in my rearview mirror, knowing I was saying goodbye. And we lost everything that we had started to make. Lost all the looms, lost all of the piles of stuff to sell. Um, all of our upcycling rack, everything goes. So by the time we get through with that week, come back and discover absolutely nothing is as it was, including all those beautiful clothes, all that jewelry, everything. Which then takes me on a whole new 
um, journey. And because of where life is at, there's a time period there with us finally ending up in a rental um, that you become part of helping walk alongside myself and my husband and family members um, to go back after and keep reminding our dreams. And in the meantime, you have gone through your own family trauma, um, and we're going to kind of leave that just like that. But many things, the same thing. Things are have totally changed. Everything's taken away. Yeah. And we kind of land. The, wor- the world turned upside yeah. down. And so we kind of land at, it's actually the beginning of, to be honest, I think I figured out 2019. I think that's is, right. Is yeah. where we kind of like, okay, um, yeah, there is still life. And somewhere in the midst of all of that, um, I end up later that year actually retiring. But right. in the meantime... We are starting to work on the house, and you decide that then you're going to learn a different sort of craft. And (laughs) so you become, um, well, they used to say your Girl Friday. You kind of became the Girl Boy Friday because you decided to get involved learning construction. Yeah, and I don't know nearly as much as I would like to know about it. Um, uh, I learned to do a lot of things that I really had no conception even existed. Um, And I think probably, you know, younger, if I had known that that type of thing was possible to do or that I would be capable of it, I think I might have taken my life in a whole different direction. (laughs) Um, You know, I liked working outside and I liked working with my hands. And uh, there weren't as many things that I wasn't physically strong enough to do as I thought there would be. Um, And I think that really surprised me. Um, And I'm glad there's starting to be more awareness in that area that women can, you know, go into that and and be quite successful. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. That's definitely something that I learned just enough to know how little I know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something that kind of, you know, occasionally that bothers me a little bit. But, but it also became a time of a whole lot of humor. Yeah. And in yeah. the midst of both of the pains that we were trying to come out of, and, and like, so once again, includes yeah. my husband uh, watching our son, whom in the meantime has, you know, gotten married and, and had beautiful little granddaughter um, that's become a major part of also kind of moving forward in life. Yeah. During all of this, this, you know, all of this is kind of the next part of life on what does it look like and what are we going to do? And yeah. so we had to make a choice that along with the tears, we were going to learn to laugh and try to figure out how all of that works. But yeah. we weren't prepared that you would take one more, like kind of a backlash of another bit of a trauma that kind of made it tough. But going out and working with your hands was part of that healing process, too. You could work out a lot of the... Yeah, definitely. And I kind of, you know, the fire happens, which becomes an event in in my life as well as yours um, for a lot of reasons. Um, Not even just creatively, because that had really been kind of a safe spot away from my family life at that point. Um, And just some situations that were very stressful to me. Um, And... I think among 
all of the creative stuff that burned you know I'm pretty sure I had a toothbrush and shower stuff that burned in the downstairs bathroom and and, you know different things um so I wouldn't say that I experienced anything equivalent to losing everything and, and losing like maybe a childhood home and a home with all these years of memories but um there was a connection there that was very important to me and I'm still not sure how I finished the school semester or how I made it through the next one but the fire happens I think it's two or three weeks after the fire I'm in a car accident thankfully I walk away basically uninjured except for a a nasty concussion um, which takes me a few weeks to kind of recover from but um, I'm still attending school because there's no way to make up and I'm a semester and a half away from graduating uh, with my associate's degree so somehow I make it to there I go through a breakup of relationship of almost three years I make it to that point and then I think that it's um, and I am having issues at my job which I had really enjoyed kind of up to that point um, but I change managers and there's a situation that happens that's not cool And so all of these things are kind of happening in my life coming into this period. And um, there's a point where I have the the family situation that's been building kind of comes to a head. And um, I quit my job and move out in the space of a month and move in with you guys. Um, And it was very helpful to be able to physically exhaust myself and and kind of process with my body that way a a lot of that emotion because I was coming off of several years of just kind of constant interruption and and feeling like I couldn't keep my head above water and so during that point you build um a block wall a cinder block wall yeah which turns into you know, the humor of the day. Um, <laughs> and then you actually finished that one on out. But you started getting to do all sorts of stuff like that, where you're either yeah. beating something up, throwing stuff away. So some of the humor was, um, for me, with you, was when I would tell you to go throw something out. <laughs> and um, I, uh, let's see, how do I want to say this? I was raised to never throw objects because, right. you know, it could be destructive or dangerous. Or, right, right. And, and my family is not sports oriented, so there wasn't a context for it being as an athletic exercise. Right. So we weren't allowed to throw things. Yeah. Which we didn't throw dishes and stuff like that. But I played football with my brothers. I played basketball. I play, actually personally played rugby, um, did track, did um, all sorts of other type sports. My big one really and truly was gymnastics. And you didn't have any of that background because no. that didn't work into your schooling. And so the first time I send you out and tell you, just go throw it, like just go throw something away, um there's this whole thing of I can really throw it and me like try and figure this out yeah and and you know that that's led to a string of ongoing jokes about me throwing things and uh you know dumpsters are one of my great joys in, in life these days and so we at that point start to try to kind of put together where life is at 
and we know that we need to get back to the area we chose to go through a rebuild. Um, yeah. And in, in our case, um, my husband being the contractor, he's also the contractor on this job. So we have hand-built this with him um, and are still in the process of building. We're not all the way to full full finished permit. We're close. And in all of that, we had to start making choices of how we were going to, um, if you were going to continue being part you know, of the house, our, one of our discussions was how do we start to really go after creating business, creating uh, life, um, creating, like, you know, you're going to be working, you're going to be doing things, how's that all going to work, which has turned into um, the, the style of home that we have, like he and I have basically a full suite upstairs, and then downstairs there's the one studio, which is more for what you're working at. Um, and I just kind of wander around, make messes wherever, um, and doing stuff like that. But one of the things that we had to start figuring out was how to bring back some of our lost humor and some of the things. Uh, one of the things I did not remark upon when I said I was a bibliolic was I had over 5,000 books in our home uh, pre-fire, and many of them were like several generations of family Um they're just things that you're not going to replace, but there was a lot of those that we, you know, enjoy talking about or different things like that. So um, the whole thing has been this very strange journey that has brought us to this point. And one of the things that we wanted to be able to share by creating a spot here is to get to a point where out of spontaneity that we could not do just like we're doing right now but actually share some of the humorous things that go on around us and in life um, because there is a lot of laughter and there is a lot of silliness and there yeah. is a lot of things and including even disagreements and things that we're going to do opposite you know yeah. perspectives of one of the fun part is when we're talking about clothes because your age and my age yeah. and i'm gonna be looking at things and going uh, and then there's other <laughs> times that i'm actually going younger than you are when it comes to stuff like that which gets yeah. really really funny um when we've helped other people like one of the things that we've done recently was we had a friend who couldn't get into their storage unit and so in one day we went in threw everything out of the storage unit and then put it back in but one of the big things, once again, was when we would start looking at how to box stuff would be our age differences. Like, I understood yeah. why certain things were going to be important to need to put in some ways, and you were like, eh, and, you know, and we did that back and forth. Right. Um, and we, if I'd had my whole way, that would have been a week-long project, and everything would have been, you know, perfectly inventoried and, and categorized, and there would have been a list of contents for every single box. And It's why know, I hide the, the ink pens from you and the markers um, and all of yeah. those good things. You yeah, know, it's like, no, you don't, don't get those things. Um, so in the midst of all of this, we find this very funny thing, very interesting thing to us. And once again, I found this through um, other young people were sharing with me. Um, it's called the Enneagram. And we started just kind of looking at it and pursuing, like, kind of playing with it. Because it's not, for me, that's not a personality. It really has to do with understanding some of the motivation and some of who and what. And so yeah. I was pretty sure that I knew what you were. And there, it's very funny because the, the difference between what your number is and what my number is and some of the things that motivate us are really extremely different but how we both kind of work that out is yeah, very and, funny and there's also been there's some interesting common ground in how those things interact and um 
and and there's also been a lot of times where we've found that we're we're our goal is the same or we're doing the same thing but the reasons for which we're doing it are completely different and right. have nothing to do with each other yes. And so um, you're one, and you drive me nuts because you need your tape and your ink pen and your labels and your boxes, <laughs> and everything has to be perfect. And if I hold still, you're going to go in, and you're going to do that to everything in the house, and I cannot cope with that. You and know, I try to respect your space and, and not do that to things that are not mine. <laughs> and so, um, but even understanding kind of why you do that has been where I get involved in picking on you on you don't have to be perfect right you can just be real and you know when you get stuck occasionally on those days of like where it has to be like no I you know I have to be the good person right you know that gives me a great target to um mess with it all day I saw I saw a quote from from John Steinbeck I believe the other day that said you know now that you don't have to be perfect you can be good Um, and those words have kind of stuck with me over the last couple of days because I think that is something that, uh, you know, if, if you are on that side of the Enneagram, something that's very important is this idea of, and, and it's really not even an idea. It's an, it's an ideal of, Mm -hmm. of perfection and, and goodness. Um, and I think there's a lot of good things encompassed in that and, and we need that in the world, but, um understanding that things can be deeply beautiful and and deeply good in their imperfection Mm -hmm. um and that a lot of times the imperfection is what makes it beautiful Mm -hmm. um and i think i'm grateful for my creative side which i i see really bring balance to other parts of my personality Mm -hmm. um because i think if i didn't have that context for some of it it would be much harder for me to grapple with the imperfection of the universe <laughs> in a lot of ways yeah and you know i'm i look in the mirror and go oh good grief um because one of the things we've also talked about in the past has been what love languages are and we'll come back and visit right. love languages again but when it comes to love languages i come under the um acts of service and that basically kind of makes me sometimes just feel mean because like I really feel appreciated when someone has done something for me right and one of the other sides of that though is if someone's always trying to take something out of my hands and do something for me then I just get irritated and so yeah we end up with tug of wars every now and then of like I understand you're doing this don't do that um and then you you know you've had to kind of work your way through that I think Um, that's also been part of our connection though is is that we're both very very independent um and I think that's something I, I know that's something that I really admired like when I met you because I saw something that I wanted to be um because I didn't want to depend at that point on the people around me who I perceived as being deeply unreliable um but I think now it's kind of evolved more into how can I be interdependent you know how can I be self-sufficient in certain ways but also connected to a group of people who understand me and have a healthy interaction and Along with that acts of service thing, which like I said, it's hard to explain that to people because I also 
just think people are supposed to know that. So sometimes that gets me in trouble of me just kind of going, I just, you know, if you're supposed to know, just go do it. Um, or if I've explained it, just go do it. And then that's part of my personality that I have to occasionally stop and work with. But if I've said go do it, I just expect you to go do it. And I'm probably not going to tell you exactly how to do it <laughs> because I think you're just supposed to know that. Besides that, if you do it and you do it well, I'm going to be okay with that no matter what. Right. But along with that, I'm one of those, you know, when I went through and first started really reading on the Enneagram and I got to um, the number five, I remember thinking, oh, no, and then discovering, <laughs> oh, yeah, guess what, um, which made a whole lot of sense on um, on those days that I really do want to just withdraw from the world and just disappear. And, right. you know, finally, though, having some answers that it wasn't being bad, that I actually really regain my, my strength, regain who I am by just you know, disappearing, I guess, is one way people would, would say it. And it's like, I would rather physically disappear than be in the same room yeah. and disappear, you know. Yeah. And so it was really funny to start finding out all of the, you know, parts of that and looking at that and going, oh, great. So like, I want you to do stuff for me. And I want to go hide. And how's my husband actually survived? <laughs> you know, like we celebrated just celebrated 40 years. And yet that is part of our give and take is he also is is a creative. And so you're suddenly in this very strange mix of, you know, working around these two people who sometimes don't even verbally communicate because we've been together that long that we kind of know what we're doing or we're laughing or we have our own jokes. Um, but there's always this, you know, that, that give, and, give and take that's yeah. taking place, which was very confusing for you in some ways. Yeah, I think just because of it being so different from ways that I had grown up, but um, I think I've learned a lot from observing that communication and, and kind of learning to live in, in coexistence with the rhythm of that, you know, as a, as an outside person living in the same household. Um, and I think I've learned a lot from a bit, even about what I would like someday in a relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's been very educational and, and very humorous as well. <laughs> so if we could go to, just a funny spot and talk for a while. Where's a funny spot in these last 10 years that we could go to? Hmm. I don't know why this keeps coming up for me, but I keep thinking about, like, for some reason, one of the most significant memories that I seem to have of, out of our times together, um, which m might surprise you. I don't know if I've, I don't know how much I've really talked about this or not, but, um, there's there's a day that we spend planting i think hundreds of of olive trees um and actually it's a couple of days in a row i think um but there's it actually was only 88 it just felt like 100 <laughs> it wasn't yeah it was um, only 88 that's funny i had forgotten that it, yep. it did feel like hundreds and yeah. it was warm it was it was getting up to 112 to 114 yeah degrees outside so we'd gone over really super early to try to start yeah working so on we were this. we were yeah. getting up early in the morning yeah. but um and i'm not sure exactly why that seems to be something that always stands out in my mind um we did have some very unusual conversations and kind of 
talked about some spiritual things that I don't think we'd really gone there at, at any point yet, but I think maybe it was a point where you were starting to say to me, you know, you're old enough to, to learn about this or to, or to hear this, um, or you're at a point of maturity where I feel like, you know, this information won't make you crazy. Um, and I think for some reason, wherever I was at, like, it was just a point of fascination and, and kind of putting together pieces of the world that I didn't know could be real. I don't know. And I think one of the things um, you had to be, you had to been coming in or would have just turned 21. Would I have think been right so. around that. And I remember looking at you and saying, now I can say, you know, strange things about my life and things I might have gone out and done that um, you yeah, know, I mean, I you're think old enough it, to hear. It was I, comments like that. And I think some of the hearing. context was in, you know, when I was your age yeah. and, and different things. Yeah. And so that was when we first started really then just talking um, about yeah. maybe different stories or crazy things that, that I had done and yeah. different experiences. Um, we were in the process of actually um, kind of doing some crazy stuff for my older brother, whom from the time I was young, if there was something that, you know, you could go get in trouble doing, I was going to go do it with him. That had always been part of our relationship was we could get in trouble no matter what. Um, And we didn't know when we were doing those trees that um, his idea of what he wanted to do and what he saw out of that, we had no clue that um, he went, be alive even a year later right and so it's funny because i remember him also you know mm-hmm. getting involved in some of the humor of those conversations and teasing you in that same thing kind of looking at you and saying you know the the grow up and and yeah. not in a rude way but being honest about some of the you know crazy things that happen in life and some of the places and some of the weird things you catch yourself in and you know yeah. us being able to laugh and make jokes about that yeah but it was a change it was a turning point of of doing that yeah and and maybe if I had to say like where I started to really engage more with the idea that we could be friends Mm -hmm. and and not just and not only me looking up to you as sort of just a source of advice and and encouragement um maybe that's why why that time is is more significant to me because I don't know maybe that maybe that's where it felt like for me that turning point was yeah Because it was weird. I would never, and so through all of this, as we're trying to work our way through this, I would never, I went out my way to make sure I didn't get caught with the pastor label. That was one of the things right. that I did around think... there. And I remember the first time you called me Miss Joyce that it just cracks me up. And every time you would <laughs> use, you know, anytime anyone's used that on me. I mean, for every, there was different private schools that I've taught drama in and anytime they've used you know like the a traditional term like that for whatever reason it makes me giggle just like I kind of crack up and even to this day if you say miss I'm like hmm yeah um so it was funny because we had stayed very formal in that and we would go like I said there's usually usually two or three of us together at least if it's sometimes four or five I mean it just depends on how many we could cram in a car and what we were going to go do yeah but that's about the point we start doing things because we are going over to his place and he has the horses right and you and I that's another thing that you and I both share is a great love for our you know horses and stuff and so we would go out and see the horses we would just you know have this rambling but also got us away from town and other things it was out you know this beautiful area 50 acres and 
it was just being out in the country. And so we're going out, and um, that was some of our discussions that first started with me looking at you about Little House on the Prairie and, you know, saying to you, uh, you got to get past this, girl. This is not working. And yeah. you know, even though I love all of those books, and I also went through that, there comes a point in the real world where Little House on the Prairie doesn't work, except it seems to be coming out right now regarding a clothing style. And I haven't figured out how all that works. But if my brother were alive, I think we could get a dress on him, and I think he would be doing some of this, you know, women working in, I mean, men working in dresses routine that's going on right now. And, yeah. and like I said, I'm not, not sure. But Little House on the Prairie led to very humorous conversations between us regarding the reality of what that right. would have been like versus the fantasy or right. the childhood perspective and, and of I it. And I think I sort of, I did create like a set of interlocking fantasies as a child because my parents, I was raised in, in a pretty suburban area, so it was it was really solidly neither city nor country. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a decent sized backyard always, but my parents are not people who seem to overly connect to nature or, or have a grid for even really spending a lot of time outdoors. Um, <laughs> and I think, you know, my siblings didn't really seem to feel the same connection to that, that I was experiencing from a young age. And, I think that I sort of just reached for anything that that sounded like it might be in that direction that I was leaning towards of wanting to understand the place that I was living in the context of the natural world. Um, I wanted to understand the plants and the animals and uh, I didn't see people that were interested in that or, or have much context with that until later on in my childhood so Mm -hmm. I think I I was just reaching for parts of that that weren't connected to reality because I had no idea how to access that reality Mm -hmm. um and I think that's something that is something that brings me a lot of joy now and a lot of happy anticipation for my future is feeling like I can learn to connect to that for myself um and be able to go out and hike or even just spend time outdoors and and not need somebody else to give me permission either (laughs) do you remember one of the first hikes i took you on and we live in such a unique area being here in sonoma county um but i went to the deli and i got a sandwiches and you didn't know how to say yes no or you know what you would or wouldn't eat kind of thing you just kind of nodded so i bring the sandwiches to share with you and it has a massive amount of avocado on it and we done this hike and then I discover that you don't do avocado so I invite the birds like to come you know and have have the rest of your stuff um but I don't think I said anything I think I just removed the avocado from the sandwich and politely didn't say anything because I was just you know I didn't I didn't know how to cope with it at that point yeah so you kept pushing it aside, which now... I think now I would just eat the sandwich and, and not mind the avocado in the sandwich. Well, I think then, I'd be able to do that. But, but you've learned about avocados. Yeah. Because of... And I learned about guacamole. Like guacamole. Is the, is the yes. important part of And this. probably one of the influences, whether, you know, good or bad. I mean, we always have salsa. I mean, yeah. we, can't, we can't travel anywhere without salsa. We yeah. have to find salsa. And it's now the first thing that I go and buy when yeah. I'm staying somewhere yeah, else have to, that, have that have is not... Salsa adequately stocked with, yes. with salsa yeah 
But it was absolutely hilarious. And if I couldn't buy it, I face. would make it. Yeah. Like, I, I would absolutely, you know, it's it's an essential. Yes. <laughs> essential workers. Yes. We have to have essential essential things in the kitchen. That's one of them. But, um, yeah, I'll never forget that look. And then me going, so you don't like avocados? Like, yeah. And, and I think I was still, like, I was just very worried about hurting your feelings, I think, at that point. And that's been one of the things that has probably not so much disputes, but reactionary for me. Right. Is if I felt you were doing something. Right. Not it's, to hurt my feelings. And it's, it just it's been ticks me, me off. attempting to be considerate and you being offended by it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and thinking that that's what you're doing. Well, I, you know, I was just needing honesty. That's one of the big things right. for me is I want someone just like, if you don't like it, say you don't like it. And basically it's not, even with most stuff, it's not going to hurt my feelings. But then I'm going to want to know why. Right. You know, because then I'm going to start the, you know, the poking. Like, why did you do that? And why don't you want to do it that way? What does that mean to you? Not once again, as in judgment, but because it helps me then understand how the processing works. Right. And I think, I think we've had to work that through in our communication a lot, because I think a lot of how I was raised was, was to not offend or to not, to always be considering what the response was was kind of going to be rather than expressing the truth of where you were at necessarily. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that I'm really grateful that I've been able to um, move toward is just to feel more comfortable expressing still in a considerate manner, mm-hmm. but understanding that it actually is more considerate to tell the truth so yeah. that you can have actual communication. Yeah, be you. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that was the big thing is... Like, if you're, even if I don't agree with it, that's okay. It doesn't matter. It might be something that I don't agree with because it won't work for me. But if it's working for you, then like, how does that work? And how do we mesh it together? And it gets pretty funny. I mean, that's some of the things we found out, like even through eating, like me sneaking things in on you. Although I give you full warning until we got to the point of there's some things I'm not going to tell you until you taste it, and then I'll tell you what it is. Yeah. So that's been, you know, been pretty funny to find out all the different things that you, you know, enjoy eating or that we yeah. can laugh at. Um, um, and, and learning that I really, you know, love food and love eating strange and unusual things. And yeah, uh, finding out that maybe I'm not as much of a picky eater as I thought I was. Yeah, not at all. You know, I mean, I really, I know there's a couple and a couple of things there really aren't big deals and there's a reason why not. But, but that was one of, you know, one of the things that I personally get annoyed with There's is I feel like when, when people aren't communicating like their likes or whatever, that to a certain point, um, either they're trying to impress me or they think they'll get in trouble if they don't like the same things. And one of the things I love is diversity of people and style and foods and travel, all those different things. So it's really hard for me when I get stuck with the, you know, and I think the other thing is it feels like being back in the classroom sometimes mm-hmm. and having students like, I can't answer what I really want to answer. And because I work so much with teenagers, I wanted them really to answer with what was in their heart. Some of the best conversations and discussions I've ever had, whether it was a history class or an English class, was really when we got to the point of, what do you really feel about that? What does that really mean to you? Why is that annoying you? Um, right. And, and I, I think you know, if, I think 
one of the things is, is just, you know, I don't think I'd ever encountered somebody who asked me so many questions mm-hmm. about myself and really forced me to understand and and to do that self-examination to know why I was doing things mm-hmm. that's allowed me to change behaviors that weren't helping me and, and to grow healthy ones in their place has been... 99% of the things it just never occurred to me and nobody had ever confronted those areas or said hey have you ever thought about why you do that that way yeah um and so I think that's been an important part of of my of my growing into uh being able to be friends with you <laughs> <laughs> and there's still times that we take um uh we take breaks yeah. Yeah. I mean, Definitely. we honestly know, and that's one of the things that I, I think I first taught you is if I feel in myself that something's going to clash or it's going to be bad, I will actually, you know, it's a timeout. It's like, yeah. and, and I time out myself. And what I mean by that is like, you know, let's just take some space. We'll come back and work on that later. Um, because especially if we're working on something, it's more like out of tension or just we're a lot of times we're doing the same thing, but we're not saying it the same way. And that gets really crazy. Once again, whether that's an age thing or, you know, or backgrounds or whatever, but learning to do that. And it doesn't mean anyone's in trouble. And that was one of the biggest things I remember looking at you and going, you're not in trouble. You don't have to apologize to me. That's not what this is about. This is. Uh, well, we got to figure this out. Yeah. And so I'd be able to communicate, you know, and go back and work on that and work on that. Um, yeah. And I, I, yeah. Oh, no, go ahead. ahead. <laughs> um, I think something that has helped span sort of the age difference and, and any other differences that we may have, like in personality or whatever, like a large part of that has been, um, you know, you kind of started out with a fundamental understanding of how to hold space for a person to be themselves in in any type of relationship and I really had never experienced that or didn't know what it was but I made a decision very early on that rather than being offended by a new way of doing things that it was more important to me what I could learn from it and um so I made a decision not to allow myself to even be offended or to reach that point of of just getting in a snit and walking away. Um, but to kind of stick with it and see what would come out of it. And I think that that's something that I have now learned to try to hold space for you to be the person that you're supposed to be. Um, and I've come to really value that in all of my relationships is, is really, giving room for freedom of expression for the people in my life to actually be themselves Mm -hmm. um and and to really want that because that's how you're going to get the fullest Mm -hmm. relationship and experience of that person um and i feel like that's something that really has carried me forward in a lot of ways yeah um but i think that's very important is is that we're both willing to give each other space um, and sometimes a lot of space, like mm-hmm. sometimes an amount of space that to other people seems crazy or like we're mad at each other yeah. or, or something else. And that's not what's going on. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that happens when you have large personalities in contact with each other is you need extra breathing room, you yeah. know, um, because that word, you know, they have a strong personality or, or some of these words have been used about both of us. Yeah. Um, and some days it's some- very strong. Um, so I think that's a big part of that. Yeah. 
Um, I think one of the other things that also developed very early, and I think a lot of people weren't fully aware of this, um, for at least the last almost 15 years, there are times when um, due to wear and tear of back injuries and stuff like that, that I will occasionally, if I'm tired, and probably you know more so as I've gotten older, but my foot will drag or will lag, and I actually end up just falling, or I will grab something. And so one of the things that you started doing, and I don't think people understood why you were doing that, mm. Which also there's times that, you know, annoys me because you almost, you know, you got, you've gotten to a point where you kind of recognize sometimes if I'm tired and I'm going to either drop something or I'm going to fall. Um, and I don't think a lot of people realize how much on a regular basis, if I was busy and doing things, because I would push myself no matter what. Right. Um, and a lot of the times I'm smarter about that now, depending on what I'm doing or if I'm just, you know, ticked and want to go make my body do what I want it to do even when it doesn't want to do it and then you bounce or catch you know and so one of the things that you started developing fairly young was making sure that if you saw that to either grab something or sometimes even take things out of my hands which would then also you know get a yell out of me <laughs> um, and we had to work that out between us the difference yeah. between are you helping me are you giving me space versus you know be me right. both being appreciative but also having to deal with things that were happening in my body that didn't always make me happy right um, because I'd always been able to push my body no yeah. matter what and even now as you well know, I will push to right. make, you know, one foot in front of the other if if I'm having a day where it's it's a down day, you know. Right. And so, and through that, there's been also discovering, um, you know, some chronic stuff that you've dealt with, with, with chronic pain. Not knowing that that was going to be part of things that right. you might be learning some things from me on, on personal care, but having yeah. to learn that if I can't, I have to give up and sit down. And, but right. I get mad, you know, I still do yeah. because, um, both I feel like I should be able to do it or I feel like my body's failed me that particular right. day. So one of the things that we occasionally, you know, or walk around the house, complain, kvetch, whatever word you want to use, you know, we can carry on about is about chronic pain and some of the influence of the fact that I have had to live with it since my twenties. Right. Um, and that whether I want it or not, it's a monster sometimes that's hanging around. But making a choice rather than giving into it to stay above it and yeah. also learning what self-care for that looks like. Yeah. Um, wanting certain, like, you know, creature creature of habit type of thing, but that creature of habit, like, I, I may need a heating pad. I may need a hot bath. Um, and different things that have shown up through the years, which we won't get into today, of certain things that influence no matter what I'm doing, but also wanting you to understand the importance of carrying on, you know, for your body yeah. from the time you were young. Um, and, you know, that's something that at some point I want us to dig in deeper because, Sam, I want, you know, you to give influence, your intake on that um, input on some of that regarding even like maybe someone as a guy going through that because we seem to get into these image things of like oh, if you're young you can't have that right um and if you're a guy you can't yeah it was like it's really interesting what we as society do a lot of 
And I was fortunate enough that I had, you know, my mom actually working with me on trying to accept right. that I didn't have to give up, but I might have to be aware. And yeah. so awareness is something that I've tried to make as one of my banners over my life is I'm, you know, trying to be aware of things, whether it's physical, whether it's mental, whether it's, you know, spiritual, um, all those different areas of how it's influencing me and affecting me. Do you think that some of how you approach that is sort of a manifestation of that sort of number five like approach to like learning like if I learn everything about it I can somehow cope or or overcome this thing now I know that Mm. yeah now I know that that is honestly like okay I'm going to dive in deep I'm going to learn everything that I can and maybe I have an answer the problem is I can learn everything that I can and I don't have answers on some of this stuff um but the number five that is a weird side of that one is if I can go and I can look at it and I can poke at it and I can ask all those questions and I can corner it yeah then I I you know whether that's I have a con you know, control or, so, you know, it's, that part's an interesting one, and I think it'd be fun to get back and visit on, you know, come back and do that on one of these days, so, anyhow, I think this has been fun, and we're going to continue kind of fleshing out to where we can figure out, you know, what we really want to talk about, but I think this journey is valid, and I think it's worth sharing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's It's been interesting to sort of, you know, take a little journey through the last yeah. however many years. I think it's more than 10 at this point, yeah, I think is. is what we figured. Yeah. Um, yep. But yeah, it's it's been fun to sort of blast from the past a little yeah. bit. Yep. See you later. All right.